Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. Ever heard a joke and wondered, Did that really happen? My name's Neil Mackay, host of a Vietnam podcast and a comedian. Long before I ever started comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest stories, I would always wonder just this. And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask them straight away, did that really happen? Nine times out of 10, the answer was yes. But the difference between sharing a funny story with friends and telling it on stage is a comedian's ability to take those moments and craft them into a well-worked joke. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of their favorite jokes, then ask them, did that really happen? My guest today gains inspiration from Flight of the Concords, Axis of Awesome and Tripod. Wanyi West combines music and comedy together covering a range of topics including his love for McDonald's, losing his virginity, and getting down and dirty with your mother. So let's hear his song, Expats in Saigon. I love Vietnamese food and I've been here three years. I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here eating and drinking a lot. And I've met a lot of expats on that journey and I've realized that we're all very similar. Can I make some noise if you're an expat here in Saigon? Quite a few of us. Make some noise if you've eaten a pizza four peas. Make some noise if you're a teacher. Make some noise if you live in District 2. Okay, we're all the fucking same, okay? We're all just clones of each other, alright? 
We eat, we drink, we teach, we fly to full walk, and we repeat, okay? That's our life. That's our life, and it's time that we just embrace it, all right? And to help us embrace it, I've written an anthem for us expats. Neil will relate with this opening line. Lost my phone on Boy Vienne. Got blackout drunk and then never saw it again. Rest assured that when I start to drink them tigers, I'll be going to the extreme. Tomorrow I'll be hungover, so just get me up on me. Cause I'm an expat in Saigon. I'm a teacher, but not qualified. I live in District 7. Or I live in District 2 I'm alcoholic, I'm overpaid I've lived here for two years And I never use the bum gun when I poo Take this piece of advice Avoid the language centres, they're the fucking devil's den Apex, V-U-S, I-L-A-M-G They're all the bloody same They'll fuck you over quicker than the landlord you met on Facebook Cause I'm an expat in Saigon I'm a teacher, but not qualified I live in District 7 Or I live in District 2 I'm alcoholic, I'm overpaid I've lived here for two years And I never use a bum gun when I poo Whenever I try and use a bum gun It looks like someone took the shower head And poured it all over my apartment I can't work it out Saigon is filled with many sounds. Construction and karaoke are happening all year round. But I'll tell you what, my favourite sound is when you hear those three special words that we all love to hear. Bop Saudi! I'm an expat in Saigon. I'm a teacher, but not qualified. I live in District 7. Or I live in District 2 I'm alcoholic, I'm overpaid I've lived here 40 years And I never use a bum gun when I poo Don't hate me for it I just prefer the feeling of six-ply toilet paper on my butthole Chasing those happy hours Bottomless brunches, free flows and beer flights Malt, Indica, Observatory, Brahma Bar Doesn't matter where you go As long as it ain't Buddha Bar On St. Paddy's Day Cause I'm an expat in Saigon I'm a teacher, but I'm qualified I live in District 7 Or I live in District 2 I'm alcoholic, I'm overpaid I've lived here for two years And I never use a bum gun when I poo Cause I'm an expat in Saigon I get grab food every night Why the fuck would I cook at home When it's cheaper to order in Pizza four peas, Marcel Burgers Union Jacks and Eddies I know you've eaten there Cause you're just another expat in Saigon So Wayne, did that really happen? Mostly, yes. I guess we should start with the, the opening line, lost my phone on Boy Vien. That did indeed happen. It was after a 12 pubs of Christmas evening where, of course, after about four or five, we're, we're blacked out by this stage. And I, I'd blacked out and then I'd come to it, come to life again out the front of, of TNR and I just reached into my pocket and my phone is simply 
not there. And I know there's the whole pickpocket experience on Boy VM, but I genuinely think I just went to put it in my pocket and missed and it fell on the ground and <laughs> was lost to uh, the, the streets of Boy VM. Well, so remember it's a podcast and people listen from around the world. Yeah. So quick background, what is Boy VM? Boy VM is like the, the backpacker street of, of sight. So similar to what they have in Thailand, it's just chaos, loud, Vinner House, which is like Vietnamese techno music going on, the sleazy side of it too. It's just, yeah, a chaotic place that, that you can sometimes end up into in the early hours of the morning. And it's also, the reputation is it's a little bit dangerous as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 of course. You, Hence you, the lane. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen five-year-old kids throwing, throwing chairs in a fight on Boy Vian. So it, it's really, it's got it all. I've not seen that on Boy Vian, yeah. so that's a new one. Mm-hmm. So that really happened. That did indeed really happen. <laughs> yeah. I guess the other one which I, I cop a bit of slack for is I never use a bum gun when I poo. And and that is partly true, partly not true. So my my hesitation towards the bum gun, I guess, comes from not initially knowing how to use it properly. Yeah, Neil's not exactly did the same thing. So went to spray, wrong direction, just shoots out. Okay, shoots out. And goes all over the bathroom, on my pants, etc. And and so I was like, well, I'm just not using this thing again. Like, why why would I? And so yeah, it went on for for a couple of years, and it's only started to pick up now where I'll I'll use the bum gun, but really as a as a last resort sort of thing. And uh, as you hear when I sing, six ply toilet paper just feels better on a butthole. So. <laughs> I do. I can't have been here so long, six years. I kind of forgot I was really similar in the beginning, probably yeah. about two years as well, where I just didn't understand it, didn't yeah. get it, didn't use it. And then yeah, when you find the, the heaven of the bum gun, it's... But I can't believe wait, you cop some slack for it. For any non-Australians listening, cop some slack means he got made fun of. Yeah. <laughs> Who is making what? fun of you for not using it? No, you, you hear when I sing the line, never use the bum gun when I poo, you hear the groans or people are like, what? <laughs> and like, no, it's, the fear is real. And the, the other thing is you just, you don't know the pressure. Okay, that, that could be any sort of pressure, all right? And on, on both ends, if it's too hard, it might hurt. Or you might enjoy it, depending on who you are. Or if it's not strong enough, it's not going to do a proper job. So, yeah, there, there's just a bit of, too much inconsistency with the, with the bum gun for my liking sometimes. It's very true. Sometimes you, you use it and it, you feel like you're going to get propelled and hit the yeah. ceiling. It's so strong. So make sure I, I'm on your side with this. Yeah, we need to start like a Google map of... Left hand sided bum guns, or like just, avoid them. Just best toilets in Saigon, really. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And another one that we, the way I sing in this song is chasing those happy hours, bottomless brunches, free flows, and beer flights. And anyone that that lives in Saigon will absolutely to attest to this being true. There's there's not many weeks or sometimes even days you go without a flight of beer or a happy hour, a free flow, and it's it's at the point where there's just You've got multiple to choose from each each day of the week. If you want a, if you want a free flow Monday morning, I guarantee you there's somewhere in Saigon that's doing it. And the the probably the most dangerous one that I've been to is at New World Hotel on a Friday night. They do unlimited wine for three hours and with like oysters and tappers, and it's only like six hundred k. And I got there with friends the other day at like seven. It starts at seven p.m. and goes to ten p.m. And even by like 8.30, we're just blackout drunk. I was like, honestly, three hours, it's too long. For me and wine, too long. But yeah, what a place for, for alcoholics, really. So for anyone who doesn't live in Saigon, 
listening to this, wondering why this relates to expats, why it's topical. So when I first moved here and I saw this thing like free flow brunches, yeah, I had no idea what that is. Like I've lived in Australia, New Zealand, you're Australian. You don't really have those in those countries right like all you can so basically sorry for anyone listening as well that doesn't know free flow means all you can drink for a set amount of time yeah yeah which in Australia and New Zealand where responsible service of alcohol is such a big deal yeah it's when you realise you're in Vietnam when you pay a certain amount of money and then you can just drink unlimited yeah we, we do have like I have been to bottomless brunches in Australia but like you have to line up every time you want to drink and it's slow slowly served out to you you can't have more than one here that is, that is not the case. Like here at Wine Night, they were like letting us take multiple wines at a time. Even when the time had ended, they still had bottles that were unfinished. So like, oh, we'll just top yours up. I was like, wow, this would just not fly back home. It's such a different world out here. So this is, it really does, when you, I remember when I heard that line the first time, free flows, happy hours, bottomless brunches, beer flights. I was like, yeah, that that's literally my life inside gone. Mm-hmm. And what a life it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Then we move into the, the chorus and it goes, I'm an expat in Saigon, I'm a teacher, but not qualified. And uh, I'm sitting in front of someone that can probably relate to that as well. Um, I am a very qualified teacher. What's your qualification? I have a degree and a CELTA. I did not know you had a degree. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, because I just assume you're working at a language centre while why aren't you at a real school? Well, my degree is in sports science. Oh, yeah. No, I mean a teaching degree. <laughs> Okay, I, I have a degree in, and a TESOL, but that doesn't make me a qualified, qualified teacher in the same sense that we could teach at an international school. No, or but I can teach at an ESL school. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the same. Not the same at all. But yeah, it, it definitely it definitely hits, hits home to a lot of teachers here because what I just said to Neil, he works at a, a language centre, which is like a private institution that kids go after school to learn, to learn English. So there's a lot of English teachers like that here and there's all... Also, teachers that work at international schools who may refer to themselves as proper teachers, and there's always the language te- center teacher versus proper teacher debate going on. So it's it's very very pertinent. Yeah. Well, the proper teachers get paid about ten times more. Yeah, yeah, that helps, and, <laughs> and I guess that's why you you go and do a teaching degree. <laughs> I wish I had none. Yeah, there was a teaching degree was in the classroom next to me to get my sports science degree. So I kind of like should have just went into just the other classroom. Jump next door. But to follow on just from that, the thing is, no, Vietnam is much more regulated and much more organized than it used to be. So I think that line is funny because it tie into like the stereotype of unqualified teachers. And even when I first arrived in Saigon, I was walking down Boy Vienna actually. And some guy, I hadn't even finished my course. And some guy was like, hey, want to teach English? $25 an hour. And I'd heard that was really common, like back in the day, like you could come here with not even a degree, not even mm. any type of teaching qualification, certification at all. And you could get put in a classroom and yep. teach and make 20, 25 bucks an yep. hour. And so there's a reputation, I think, in Saigon and in Vietnam of English teachers who are not qualified. Yep. I think that's less and less now. I don't know anyone who teaches English who doesn't have some sort of qualification or certification. Yeah. But I think that stereotype lingers on that if you're an expat here and you teach, that you have dodgy or something like that. But I yeah. don't think it's as true as it used to be. Yeah, I I used to work in a language center and I could I could definitely see my time there. I met teachers that were great at their jobs and they were passionate about it, and that's what made them such a great teacher, rather than not necessarily having the teaching degree. But then there were teachers there that were clearly just drop kicks, and they were they were not 
into it and not there for the for the right reasons. And I think the the new regulations have done a good job at weeding those weeding those characters out. I remember one guy that came to training. He didn't even get through the training properly. There, there are two two good memories from this. He's like up in front of the class, simulating that we're we're his students. And afterwards, the the guy running the training asks, "Oh, do you have any feedback for for this guy that just pretended to be the teacher?" And we were like, yeah, just actually watch the videos because it was clear that he just wasn't watching any of the material during training that he was meant to do. And it was just a savage response to this man. And then another thing, after the training had ended, he had the audacity to ask about getting more salary when he was like clearly the shittest one there. And he he, he was like the mentor guy again was asking, oh, does anyone have any questions? And his questions were like, oh, if I'm renting somewhere, what are their rules about bringing multiple girls home? And I'm like, you have just asked your employer that question. And it, it definitely made me wonder what, what have I got myself into here? But luckily the rest of the other class were, were great. It's always the loose cannons, the rockets that have, have the most bizarre questions or the stupidest questions. Yeah. They're like, you Unlucky you've even qualified and you're asking about a salary. Yeah. It's always those people. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then the next line leads into, I live in District 7 or I live in District 2. Again, for those not not known to a Saigon, District 7 and District 2 are two of the most popular expat community areas. And as I sit in front of Neil here, he lives in District 2. That's where we are now. And I'm from District 7. So it just show, shows through that that is, that is very true. Yeah. And that's mostly as well based around where the schools are. Yeah. Most of the international schools are either in D7 or D2. Mm. So that's where the parents live, which is then where the teachers live. Yeah. Which is then where the restaurants move to, who, mm. Mm. which then just is a cycle of, it's an expat area. Yeah, yeah. And then the song towards the end, it switches to talking about when COVID first hit, hit Vietnam and there was one night where they were starting to bring in regulations and one of those regulations was the bars had to close down. They went to close down in the centre of the city. And there was this one bar a bit more on the outside that decided to stay open. And that night also happened to be St. Paddy's Day. And the line goes, it doesn't matter where you go as long as it ain't Buddha Bar on St. Paddy's Day. And this bar, Buddha Bar, stayed open, had thousands of guests come through because no other bars were open. They all flocked here. And of course, there was a COVID outbreak. And then we had, it was like in the Vietnamese news, we had schools chasing down, trying to work out which of their teachers went to like put them in the sin bin, penalize them, whatever. It was a crazy time. And then we had had a, had a like a proper lockdown after that. So it got a bad reputation. And then somehow reopened, it, not Buddha Bar, but BB Bar. Everyone still calls it Buddha Bar and everyone still goes. I don't get it. It's a super popular yeah. place. I don't get it either. Uh, but that was... At the time, anyone who lives in Saigon listening to this, you'll remember this clearly. If you didn't live here, it was crazy. Like they locked down whole buildings because of that. Like this was zero COVID strategy. I think there was like five cases in the whole country. One person got had turned out to test positive who'd been in this busy location. So within 24 hours, they were shutting down like massive tower buildings. We had a friend who was there, went back to another friend's apartment with a bunch of people for like an after party. And when, when they woke up, they weren't allowed to leave. Mm. So he had to stay at this friend's house for like two weeks yeah. with like five other people that he didn't know because they all just happened to be there on the night. Like, and then, like you say, they were 
police were chasing down people, schools were chasing down people. It was, it was crazy. But that line is crazy the last time you did that. You can see how dated it is now. Because yeah. it two years has just gone by in the blink of an eye. And it's yeah. like that, like half of the people in the audience were like, what's Buddha? What are they Buddha? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall then, what made you want to write a song about expats in Saigon? It was just that like... We literally are all the same, and I there were there were so many similarities, so many stereotypes that it just made it so easy to write. And it began by just literally listing out every stereotype I could think about. And it's it's funny that we've just done this podcast because when I wrote it, I don't think I was all of these things. And now, did that really happen? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I'm like, fuck, I am just your stereotypical expat in Saigon. I'm the exact same. I wasn't. I lived in D4. I lived in Funyan, whatever. Didn't really apply to a lot of those things. But now it's like, yep, I live in D2. I go to the same restaurants all the time. You list all those restaurants, Eddie's, Union Jack, yep. Pizza 4Ps. These are all the regular haunts for yep. all the expats. Yep. Like, Clearly alcoholics as well. Oh, yeah. Obviously, so you do many songs. It's exciting having a musical comedian here in, in Vietnam or in Saigon. Tell us a bit more about how you got into musical comedy and, and how you write your songs. Yeah. So it started, I was out with some friends, of course, drinking piss. We were at an open mic and we saw performers go up. It wasn't a comedy open mic. It was an anything goes open mic. And um, me and my friend were like, oh, we, we could perform something here. And we're like, all right, I'll do something next week if you do something next week. And sure enough, next week we get there and I perform. I've written a song about Barn Me. Um, about how much I love Marmee, just listing out the ingredients. And I get up there, I perform it, and then you, Neil, you are there in the crowd and you come up to me afterwards, you're like, you got any other material? <laughs> love to have you at my show. And I was like, nope, that's my only song. <laughs> that's right. You're that's it. Song. And he's like, well, if you write more material, let me know and I'll get you on. And sure enough, I wrote a few more songs. I wrote Expats in Saigon. That was one of my first ones. And I wrote a song about working in retail and... It, yeah, just, it went from there and I get my inspiration just from stupid, stupid shit. If you've heard any of my other stuff, I've got a song about how much I love or now did love my mustache. So it's, it's not that like complicated. It's just the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. Inspiration. Let's write this. Let's go. No. What has been the feedback to your musical comedy? So obviously I booked you for shows. I fucking love you. I find it hilarious. You inspired me to then write songs and I've done some musical comedy as well. But sometimes when you mention musical comedy, there's a like a kind of reaction or like, you know, how has that reaction been for you? Well, many people just don't know what it is. You say I perform musical comedy or like even when I when I've been on like dating profiles and, and I have I have that on there, like a photo of me doing musical comedy they're like are you a singer i'm like no i definitely can't <laughs> sing if, 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 if you listen back at the podcast side of the podcast it's clear that i cannot sing so yeah i just get people just don't really know what it is and do you just do the you know flight of the concords yeah, yeah well not even that well because they're from new zealand they they are known a bit internationally uh, but not everyone knows them and i basically just say i wrote i write songs that are meant to be funny that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how i define it i always forget as well until recently someone mentioned like jack black yeah, I forgot he did a lot, yep. a lot of musical comedy. So I guess he's a, he's a good reference as well. I remember when I lived in Melbourne, there was a musical comedy act. See, I've I've always kind of enjoyed it. They were called Elbow Skin. Elbow Skin. I'm going to show you the song after because I saw it on my computer the other day. I saw them at an open mic in in St Kilda, and they have a song called "Dear Mrs Hitler," and they've written a song to to it's like written from. 
a young Adolf Hitler's teacher to Missy's Hitler. And it's one of the funniest songs ever. Wow. And so, yeah, ever, like before then, but ever since then, yeah, I think it's just yeah. amazing, yeah. That's, that's highly creative. That has definitely come from a place more complex than me just looking at my mustache and saying, I love you, mustache. And yeah, maybe I need to add that to my repertoire. I get, get, get more outside the box. But I'm, I'm similar even with my jokes. I just, it's just stupid things that I think of. I don't know. <laughs> my new one, I've been doing, again, it's not even a joke. It happened in real life where I was doing a game with the kids and they needed one letter left mm -hmm. and it was D. Oh, yeah. So I was like to the kids, hey, do you want the D? You like the D, right? <laughs> and they're like too young to even have a clue and it's not their first language. But I'm just so childish to see stupid things. And I've tried a couple of times. I've got a couple of jokes that are completely made up. And I remember one time I sat down. Did you ever hear me do this, the bit about how Scotland chose the unicorn as a national animal? Yeah. So I had a whole bit about that and it was completely made up. I could never be bothered remembering it. So that's why I just never do it. And I could never be bothered developing it. I just find it much easier to remember like these little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes like my, my song creation, so sometimes for them I've taken the melody from another song. Other ones I've made it up myself. But when I take the melody, often it comes because I think the lyrics sound like or could be similar to something else. Like the song I have about McDonald's from Sweet Caroline. And instead of Sweet Caroline, it's Sweet and Sour Sauce. Because I was literally eating McDonald's nuggets with sweet and sour sauce whilst that song was playing. I was like, oh, sweet and sour sauce. Like it, it comes from just, yeah, random thoughts, really. That was the question I was going to ask. Was, so for, let's talk about expats. What's the song it's based on? And then the following question from that is kind of more of what you just said. Then how do you then come up with the lines to fit the song? How do you write the song? It's based on Meredith Brooks's song, Bitch. I'm a bitch, da -da -na 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 and obviously, like I lose the the tune and the key that she uses, but it's yeah, I, I take the chords and and inspiration from that. Even just hearing that I'm a was yeah, I'm an expat in Saigon, and that's that's rolled from there. But often, yeah, I forget that I've even written these songs based on some original song. Yeah. Well, no, anytime I hear Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time," all I hear is. Come Time Lady, yeah. which if you, is one of my yeah. parody songs. No, I, I do that too when yeah. I when I sing along to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. forgotten some of the real words. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's similar as well because it's, what's the first line again? Oh, Come Time Lady, how was I supposed to know? So it's similar. I hear the real song. You just take that one line and then just as a springboard from yeah. there. Yeah, it makes it easy. The other thing I did, I don't know if you do this when I was, I've not written a song in so long, but I would listen to the original and figure out the, the syllables that was being used or almost like the beat. Yeah. And kind of note it down on paper with just dashes. Mm -hmm. And then as I was trying to write my lines, I would try and write them to fit the, that same kind of pattern. Yeah. So I'm not musical. So if you're listening to this as a musical person, you're like, yeah, that's called whatever yeah. it's called. I don't know that. Yeah. This is what I did. Mm -hmm. Wrote down the dashes and then tried to write my lyrics that would fit the same syllable. So if oh. I was like, right, this syllable here is this word has three syllables. I'll try and find either three, either one word or two words that fit the same pattern. Did you do you do anything like that? I I think I did it first, like trying trying to keep my version connected to the original. But then I decided it was just better and it was just funnier to to put in whatever made the joke better, rather than worrying about it needs to have the same mm. syllables or even using the same like word in it, which I do in some of my songs, but I don't, yeah, I don't try not to rely too much on the connection between my song and the original in case 
the audience had haven't heard mm. the original before. You've written some original yeah, songs yeah, yeah. as well, which I think is amazing. I've not got to that stage yet. All of my songs are based on a, an original. I sorry, like a, based on a, an original song. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not musically talented at all, so I'm a bit scared. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to write like a chorus and a verse and make it catchy and interesting. I'm like, I'll just copy someone else's song. You just put a few chords together and and it works. You can you can go from that. But like even, even you can take some inspiration from other original work and. And and put it all together, and I think yeah, once you once you know more chords, Neil, it'll be easier for you. <laughs> I only know four, is that right? <laughs> no, so this is awesome, Wayne. Thank you so much. This is the first did that really happen that's being recorded in person. So hopefully, if anyone is regularly listening, you'll be able to hear an increase in quality. Now we have a show tonight, which means nothing to anyone listening because they'll be listening to this after the show. Yeah. But we, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. Are you? What have you got planned for that? I got just got my usual stuff planned. You'll hear expats in Saigon and how much I love Barn Me and uh, maybe getting down and dirty with your mother. <laughs> well, that's the song I wanted to do. We're going to get Wayne back to do that song. But thank you so much. I'm excited to perform more with you. Let's get some more musical comedy shows going as well soon, which is yeah. it's been talked about. And um, tell people where they can follow you, find you, watch you, all of that stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Wanye West. Wanye like Kanye with a W and West with two Ts. I've got to tell a funny story on that one. I always remember this. I remember when I first met you, we were doing the first show and I'd written, the po- I'd made the poster or something and you were like, yeah, it's Wanye West. But I was reading it like, because Wanye is W-A-N-Y-E. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I got it right, Wayne West. And you're like, no, no, it's Wanye one one West. But I was still reading it as Wayne. And I'm like, yeah. what is this guy talking about? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm reading it. It's Wayne West. And you had to be like, no, Wanye and like spell it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not the only person that, that's yeah. done that. Like even friends like back home, like it came in a nickname. Like people call me Wanye West. And then <laughs> I, in- I showed that name to like other friends. And they were like, oh, Wayne West. I'm like, no, it's Wanye West. Why would I? Randomly come up with the West after my name. Like, it's Wanye West. It makes sense. Awesome. We'll follow Wanye on all the social media accounts. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode. And thank you so much for being the first in-person guest on Did That Really Happen? Cheers. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Did That Really Happen? A new podcast from 7 Million Bikes. I've been your host, Neil Mackay. If you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true, then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 Million Bikes on social media. The links are in the show notes. Cheers. you enjoyed this episode if you're like me you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public wi-fi this opens you up to digital snoopers it's a massive problem it can be your internet service provider or you know who looking at what you do online or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data 
These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.